Broadcasting from the ESPN Tallahassee Studios in Florida's capital city and in partnership with the JoeBucksFan.com podcasting network, this is the Scuttlebucks on 97.9 ESPN Radio. The Scuttlebucks with Jeff Cameron and Tom Lang is presented by Bill Curry Ford, Tampa's hometown Ford dealer for nearly 60 years and home of the nationwide lifetime warranty for new and pre-owned vehicles. BillCurryFord.com. Here's ESPN Tallahassee's Jeff Cameron and Tom Lang. edition of the Scuttlebucks. Lombardi rides and uh, glides, apparently, in Tampa Bay. <laughs> As the Buccaneers are your Super Bowl champions. What a time, huh? What a time. It is great to be with you. I'm Jeff. That's Tom. When we started the Scuttlebucks, we were really excited. Uh, and, and because Tom and I are both lifelong Bucks fans from the area, and uh, yeah, we're up here in Tallahassee covering Florida State, the ACC, college football, really all pro sports as well. But our love is is with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, no doubt. And um, the thought being, well, it'll be an interesting time to cover the Bucks and to talk about the Bucks. We do it anyhow, whether we're on or off the air amongst each other. But, you know, they're in an interesting place. They've got some nice pieces. they got a young quarterback. Uh, I wonder if he can figure it out. Where are they going to go? Uh, what about this guy or that guy? And Who would have thought, Tom, that uh, we would arrive here to where Tom Brady, legendary, all-time great quarterback, is in Tampa Bay leading the Buccaneers to a Super Bowl championship. And a talking point because of that that features many of the, I guess, principal players around the league looking at Tampa Bay as a destination of choice, right? I mean... The, the recipe for success, the long-term outlook for success, couldn't be better. And it exists at a time in which you're the reigning world champions. It's, it's a crazy place and a, run, and, a, and a run and a ride that we've enjoyed covering. Yeah, it's, um, it just happened so fast. You know, the, the Brady thing, <laughs> the pandemic happening alongside the Brady thing felt so appropriate. It did because it just it was like bizarro world alternate universe kind of stuff. And then a month later, six weeks later, whatever it was, the Gronk is a part of the team. And you're like, what in the world are we doing? Not in a bad way. You're just like Tampa, really Tampa. And then you see him wear the Bucks colors the first couple of weeks and it still feels like an out of body experience. But by the end of the year, by the playoffs, they were ours, man. They were ours. And you grow to love these guys, uh, especially Gronk. I mean, it's infectious. It, it really is. And to watch him block as well as he catches the ball and yeah. runs, you know, routes down the field. Selfless, yeah. Yeah, and to not care about it. Like, he didn't care about it anymore. He wants to win. That's all that matters. And you see the impact that Brady had, the intangibles building to tangibles, right? It's the behind-the-scenes stories about changing habits and changing culture, and then you see it manifest in development of players and poise in big moments. It's just, it's an unbelievable ride because the, the one in 2 was this long build, 
and then the Bucks make the splash higher. The Bucks should do more splash things in the offseason because when they do, they win Super Bowls. But they made the splash trade. Well, careful, for, we'll talk about that. There's a, some of those things I don't want them to do. There I, are a couple people available that would measure that. Uh, that that's <laughs> true. But, I mean, you know, when they take big swings, man, the Glazer family, now the sons for the fathers, a big swing back uh, 18, 20 years ago. Um, it's just crazy because because that one was like the windows closing. You got to get it. You got to get it. They they were on the doorstep for so many years. This one is just instant. It's like whoa, could they really? Could they really this quickly turn it around? And they did. And it's just that playoff run was unbelievable. If you think about the steps that they had to take, you go to the Superdome and then you go to Lambeau. Well, you know, and three then straight you come road back games home and you against, beat Mahomes. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Well, you beat two Hall of Fame quarterbacks wow. and a elite defense along the way. And probably a third Hall of Fame quarterback soon. Yeah, you know. yeah. You do um, you do everything right. You know, the, the the moves made and the building of the roster, Jason Light there's a, deserves an awful lot of credit. Uh, you know, the, we knew that the Bucks had to go offensive line in the draft, and they go with Tristan Wirfs, and they had a lot of options because this was a offensive line-heavy draft. And so you just worried, did, it, did we get the right one? One of these guys is going to be a star. Did we get the one? The answer is yes, we got the one. Because not only was he the best rookie tackle in football, he may have been one of the best five tackles in football, period, this year. So you got to set it and forget it, guy. Your offensive line as a whole, Ali Marpet, Hobart College, nobody knew who he was until the Senior Bowl uh, four or five years ago. Next thing you know, He's a guy that is a Pro Bowl caliber player at guard. Uh, Donovan Smith elevated his game this year. Tom Brady obviously checking into right protections. All that pre-snap stuff helps out. But they were one of the best offensive lines in football this year. Certainly helps to add a Gronk. You just referenced his blocking skills to go along with a guy that the first three weeks looked like he was caught in quicksand, got his legs back, and became the elite receiver uh, that, that he showed himself to be late in the season and, of course, throughout his career in New England. Defensively, you were building to this place, but you also had to add through the draft. Antoine Winfield Jr. becomes in and, and is a player that, I don't know that you can think, uh, what, in two and three years from now is going to be a, a perennial pro bowler? Yeah, well, uh, he's already my hero because uh, I'm going to get artwork of the peace sign to Tyreek Hill. That's going to be hanging on my wall in my home. It's you best a, believe. It's a beautiful thing, but, I mean, so that guy is an impact player, though. He's not just good for a rookie. He's an impact player. Those young corners that we saw at times really look bad a couple of years ago or a year ago and then coming into this season where you, I don't know, are they going to be the Achilles? They grew up and got better under oh. Todd Bowles. Obviously the hiring of Todd Bowles himself and Arians for that matter, right? This has all culminated and crescendoed into a perfect scenario where if you're a free agent right now, you're looking at Tampa Bay as, a, as an elite destination. And that little that little water parade we just had, Sure seems enticing uh, if you're stuck in Green Bay or Pittsburgh or mm-hmm. Chicago or Ohio or where you know what I mean. Well, and you see how fun it is to play for Bruce, and that's the, that's the, always been the other side. Now he has uh, minimized his blunders and situations uh, as the season got longer. He got better at it, um, and that's great. But everybody loves playing for him, and that's always been the case. Mm-hmm. That he was a culture builder, and yes, if you're playing for a hard ass, and you and you're reading articles about, hey, if you need Wednesday, take Wednesday. That's what Bruce says. And you're a veteran. Oh my God, sign me up. Yeah, I'll take a few million less 
to pay no state taxes and go play for that guy in that organization, I'm in. It's going to be a big talking point here in a minute. We're going to welcome in Lita Kemper, a little bit more of a long form coming up uh, longer than we usually do just to celebrate it. But I will ask him that question because you do have some veterans on this team, Tom, that you're going to wonder about. And we've got to get into the talking points about what do you do with Shaq Barrett? What do you do? Does Ndamukong Sue come back? Levante David, really a greater name in this conversation because of the heart and soul in the nine years that he's given. Uh, he's still got football left in him, but he's also in his early 30s what do you do in that situation somebody's got to lose you know what are we going to do uh in terms of getting a discount you'll probably get one a big one from Gronk who says he wants to come back what about Antonio Brown do you want him back well I'm sure Brady does at the same time I'd rather pay Godwin than Antonio Brown so we get into these situations now where it will be interesting to decide uh to see what the decisions are made I should say by the franchise well and you've got different layers because once you get to a third or fourth contract it's different the priorities can become more about winning because you've made a lot of money a lot of money at that point, at that point, like you know, just across uh, the other side of downtown where the Lightning play, they set the tone. The captain and the best player on the planet, for my money, Victor Hedman, both took discounts within 24 hours of each other a couple years ago because they wanted the cap. They wanted to they exist under the cap with as win. many players as possible. I think that's going to be coming. You know, if they extend Brady, you can lower the number. I mean, again, we could talk There's about this. There's lots of ways to move money around, though. There's lots of ways. The, the fun part, this is the fun part because, yeah. because you cashed in and it's so freaking hard. You know, in watching the 02 season, as great as that defense was, these are all one score games. You beat Carolina that year 12 to 9. No, you have you to win. You have to win you because it, it, this is it. You're going to lose these guys. Yes. Well, and it, I, that's where football, it can be so brutal. We talk about how baseball is, I mean, Rays fans, you know this, but baseball can be really cruel. Cruel. It can. Best team doesn't always win, right? But football is even more cruel because it's one. You know, it's not a best of seven. It's one. And you can only get it right one time. And that Bakhtiari was down for Green Bay. Okay, take advantage of that situation. That both tackles are out for Kansas City. The one thing we said last week, if you're not going to beat them now, when the hell are you going to beat them? So good. I'm glad we beat them soundly. We should. If you're an elite team playing another elite team that's down people in the trenches, you you should should win. beat their ass, which is what we did. Well, and that brings me to the next point here before we get to Lee. Beat their ass is an understatement. No touchdown scored by an elite Kansas City offense. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, I think, raised his stock in some ways. I know a lot of people argue that, that when you don't score a touchdown in the Super Bowl and you're the guy, it's problematic for your quote-unquote legacy. Uh, I don't bother with legacy talk for a guy that's this early in his career and has already, already thoroughly proven himself. I will say that he was under the kind of duress that anybody else would have absolutely succumbed in a worse manner to than him. He ran for nearly 500 yards around that football field just trying to make plays, and some plays he did make were not executed properly by his wide receivers. But this all stems from a front four that absolutely dominated, and Todd Bowles with a game plan that you got to tip the cap to because this is a guy who loves to blitz and send people constantly and he did the opposite here. They sent no more than five men at Patrick Mahomes uh, at any given point. In addition to that, they only quote-unquote blitzed on 9.6% of Mahomes' dropbacks. That's the lowest rate recorded for any single game by a Todd Bowles-led defense over the last five years. And if you're listening to us as we were breaking down this that game, might be the case. we said if you're going to do it, now's the time. The front four with their beat-up offensive line, you may want to lay back and drop an extra person in coverage. And that's what they did for the most part. And here is the, the best number I heard, next-gen stats numbers. So Patrick Mahomes on passes outside of the numbers. And we got a little bit lucky with a couple drops. But on passes outside the numbers, he completed over 300 yards worth of passes outside the numbers the first time these two teams played. Yeah. The second time, 50. Yeah. 
50. Oh, it's remarkable. That's it. Well, having two high safeties uh, almost for the entire uh, game really obviously was a simple adjustment we thought. It turned out to be. They did it on 87% of the plays, of the snaps of this game. But they did so much disguising and moving around players up front. So it wasn't that simple to say, go to a two high instead of a one high. And there's, you know, cloud three cover and all this other stuff that they did. But one thing that I would say is they moved around those pieces up front to create matchup problems. So sometimes you had a GPP inside on a guard. Sometimes you had Vita all the way out on the edge up against the tackle, an overwhelmed tackle, I might add. There were a few overloads where we threatened one side to get one-on-one matchups that we wanted or for them to have to reveal their matchup. So it was interesting in that it wasn't bland. The too-high look was... We, we, we disguised it some, but almost always yeah. de facto went to it, but the front moved all over the place. Yeah, there was a ton of, there was a ton of gaming up front. Yeah, and twists it, and stunts. I yeah. wondered if you needed to do that, but they did, and it was successful. It worked, yeah. uh, The other thing that was interesting is they were in dime an absurd amount of time, and Patrick Mahomes is the best in football against the dime look, but not this time. It's because the front four, it changes everything about what you can do on the back end, and, and one more note on the outside, the numbers, completions, and, and yardage of 50 yards. What that says to me more than anything else is that their timing. They couldn't get their timing because a lot of those throws are snap the ball, one-on-one matchup, let's just throw it. But if he can't get the ball out on time... And he's under pressure in less than two and a half seconds. Correct. And that's where one misleading stat this week, just for people who are like, whoa, that doesn't make sense. His average time before the throw was like three point something seconds, which sounds like yeah, but he's he bought that well. time by moving off his spot. Because he ran for nearly 500 right. yards yeah. in scrambling. Well, on that's the why night. I say anybody else, and he sacked eight times. I mean, you know, that, that the bottom line is that kind of mobility and elusiveness in a, in a phone booth got him extra time to try to make plays, but they turn out to be Sandlot plays. They're not real plays. I mean, they would have counted, and it's frustrating when you're going up against that, but they're not. there was no timing to that offense, and that's why it looks so disjointed. What's also amazing is that the offense was that productive on a night in which Edwin, uh, Evans and Godwin, because they're going to combine their names there, three catches for 40 yards. Yeah. Well, and, and one of the big ones that would go overlooked because the numbers are so low is the screen to Godwin to set up third and two. And though, mm-hmm. I mean, you just, just little things like that. Oh, they drew up some plays now. Oh, this yeah. whole postseason, they had some well, the plays. Well, the first touchdown to Gronk. That's a play we, we have mm-hmm. not run this year. Yep. And how about the touchdown to Fournette? So NFL Network's a great place to be right now, by the way. Yeah. If you haven't been there, oh, Bucks they'll fans, break it down for you, yeah. 9 p.m. on Saturday, just put your DVRs and tape this. It's mic'd up Super Bowl for an hour. So you get all the stuff on the sidelines. I can't wait to watch that. But I was watching the Green Bay game that they had replayed, and the, the Fournette touchdown where they go jumbo. And by the way, Joel Haig or Joe Haig was in for 21 snaps. They had an extra offensive lineman in. Dropped a touchdown. He did. Well, Poor bastard. I mean, he had a big man touchdown, and he blew it. He had a fat man touchdown. (laughs) That was actually well covered. You're supposed to be so open, nobody's in the frame. But catch the ball, man. I I know. (laughs) 20 other snaps he was blocking, and he did a really good job. Yeah. But they ran the same play uh, for the Fournette touchdown in the Super Bowl against Green Bay, except they did not have an extra person on the edge of yeah, the line. Yeah. That's where the outnumbered situation comes from. Kansas City had a scout for that, but the Bucks had right tackle Wirfs, Haig, Gronk, and Brait all out on the outside to the right. Yeah, get you some. They outflanked the crap out of Kansas City in so many ways and so many instances. It was a beautiful game plan start to finish. And no turnovers uh, in terms of Brady. You know, we talked about the three uh, interceptions against Green Bay. He Clean game here. Didn't have to be a hero. 
but he was also smart with the football and was really good when he needed to be and had ample time to throw. Everybody gets a, a doff of the cap. Leonard Fournette ran angry, ran hard, ran smart. So many things to say about the Bucks having this culminate in a 31-9 win, a Super Bowl victory, the franchise's second Lombardi trophy now in hand. It makes next year a season of house money. We're playing next year on house money, guys. Enjoy it. It doesn't really – oh, you lost uh, week three? Oh, well. Well, and it makes you a little less mad at people like, oh, I don't know, Josh Freeman or uh, a McCown, either one of them, or Greasy or Jeff Garcia or oh, Antonio Bryant or Kellen Winslow or Sabby Piscatelli or, you know, you're just like, oh, that's okay now. It, it feels a little bit fun to look back at those years and, and think – God, remember when we got to the breaking point where it's like, it's really awesome we won a Super Bowl. It would be nice to win a playoff game again. Like those teams and those groups that might have knocked on the door, the 10-6 and team that didn't make it, it's fun to look at those now. It was a point of embarrassment until about a week ago. And you know what else? It might get interesting here in the near future because it looks like the Saints may sign Jameis Winston long-term. But here's something to note. I want to give credit where credit's due. Yesterday, Winston uh, on Instagram Live was going through an off-season workout and stretching and doing all this stuff. He said, I'm here in Tampa, home of champions. It's fun to live in Tampa. Very nicely done. Very nicely done. And it seemed very genuine, too, by the way. He was very excited to be back in Tampa at his uh, uh, palatial estate there. And, um, and, and, you know, I don't think he bears any ill will. No, he's got guys on that team. Yeah. Like uh, Mike Evans, who's about to take a pay cut for us. Beautiful. Go ahead. Who else? Who no. else wants to everybody, take a pay cut? Everybody Let's take a pay cut. Let's keep this train rolling. <laughs> hey, man, the cap will go back up in a couple of years. You'll get yours then. Yeah. Maybe not, but we'll tell them that. Yeah, you got to. Uh, Lady Kip for JoeBucksFan.com going to join us next. We, uh, we thank Sean Sullivan and the fine folks at Bill Curry Ford, as always. If you need to, not only check out that, uh, I just used the word palatial, uh, you could do that in their showroom. It's absolutely beautiful and see the latest uh, – Ford trucks and SUVs, but also go to BillCurryFord.com. We just want to thank them real quick. They up, I'm not re up for the playoffs, too, yeah. so thank you to Sean yeah, and the group I'm, there. And I'm not reading script here. I'm just saying thank you to Sean Sullivan and Bill Curry Ford. And if you are in the market for a new SUV or truck, go see uh, find folks at Bill Curry And Ford. listen, Sean, for the Joe Bolts, if you want to opt back in, I'm in, buddy, because now that's two straight sponsored segments, sponsored podcasts that have borne champions championships in the yeah. city of champions. So uh, come on, let's go for three, buddy. I, I like that. I like that. Uh, yeah. Lady Kipper next. Shopping for a used F-150, a car, or an SUV? Find Tampa's biggest and best used inventory at Bill Curry Ford, one mile north of Raymond James Stadium. Shop now at BillCurryFord.com and see the nationwide lifetime warranty on pre-owned vehicles. Now, here's Jeff Cameron and Tom Lang. I always enjoy hearing the music. It means an interesting conversation is set to take place. But this time around, I enjoy it even more because with each passing week in which the Scudder Bucks documented 
Tampa Bay Buccaneer victory, we knew ultimately we would arrive at a place where it came down to this and would, in fact, we be talking about a championship in Tampa Bay. The answer is a resounding yes. Lita Kemper, JoeBucksFan.com, joins us now to have that discussion, the discussion we always wanted to have. What's up, Lee? How the hell are you, buddy? Jeff, how you doing, man? Yeah, we we, we all strive to uh, have this conversation and lo and behold, here we are. We're here, and uh, it's not just that the Bucks won. Uh, the Bucks really, this all culminated not only with a championship, but a resounding victory, uh, a, a world-class ass-kicking uh, of, a, of an offense that uh, was seen by many heading into the game as something that uh, you could only slow down. That, it, that, that you could not halt completely, that maybe perhaps you would be required to win a game in which both teams scored in the 30s. But instead, the Bucks hit their average on offense and dominated on defense and did something that people aren't capable of doing against Patrick Mahomes most days, and that is keep him from scoring a single touchdown. So I guess the question for you is, A, how, how crazy did it get at the party? Uh, were you were you there along the uh, along the channel along the Hillsborough River? Were you there to have the fun that everybody else had, or uh, did you just document it from afar and uh, and contemplate what it means for Tampa Bay? We'll have to discuss free agency in a moment. Yeah, I documented it from afar. I didn't want to go. I didn't go down there for a couple of reasons. One of which was I thought if I channel surfed, I knew all the local stations would have it live. I channel surfed, and I think I got a lot more than uh, most people who actually did go to the parade guy. Um, I did get to see um, <laughs> Jason Light and his Bud Light-fueled uh, George Carlin's Seven Dirty Words You Can't Say on the Air escapade. Mm-hmm. A little episode there. And all the local stations freaked out and caught the audio. <laughs> <laughs> like the third time in a row he dropped the F-bomb. And I was like, okay, that's enough. <laughs> that's good. That's good. But it, it, the whole thing, just it, it just... You know, the joy. It was absolutely, here are guys that are making multi-million dollars a year, not all, but some, and just the unbridled joy these guys had. You know, the, the boat with, with the receivers and the tight ends, that was classic. I mean, uh, it was like a Duran Duran video in a sense, you know, a rap video where you got babes dancing on the boat while these guys, are like, you know, and Mike Evans just spraying water. Like, I, I, it, what wrestler is it that would spray beer? He'd drink beer and he'd spit it out. He was doing that. He was holding. There's a great picture of Evans holding the Lombardi Trophy aloft, like uh, you know, like something out of uh, I, I can't think of the movie with uh, Mel Gibson, Braveheart. It was like something on Braveheart. You would see. He's holding Lombardi Trophy aloft, topless, in the middle of February. <laughs> that was a great scene across the nation. He's holding it like he's screaming, and the sun is gleaming off the trophy. It's a beautiful shot. He was on the water. You know, the blue sky in the background. It was a beautiful shot. And he's all kind of, you know, Tom Brady having a little too much tequila. Uh, we saw Ryan Griffith being his uh, wingman. Uh, that, that was, the whole scene was just fantastic. Uh, Don Murphy Bunting was on Pat McAfee's show. He said people were throwing beers to them from other boats. Like, you know, I can't buy you a beer, but here, we're throwing beers to you. And he actually got clunked in the head by a beer bottle. Yeah. And he knows it wasn't like someone firing at line drive. They were lofting it. You're like, here, thank you, thank you, have a beer. And it was just a, it was just a crazy, crazy scene. 
Well, it's a great time uh, to be in Tampa Bay, obviously, in the city of Tampa, in St. Petersburg, where all the success uh, of the year um, has now been well documented and opens the door for uh, players in, in all sports to look at the area maybe differently. And I kind of think we can kind of segue there, given your conversation. Yeah, you don't, you think that was a perfect uh, advertisement for free agents around the league who are stuck in Green Bay and Chicago and New York and name your cold-weather climate here, Ohio, whatever you want to say. I mean, uh, watching a bunch of guys shirtless on a boat, drinking beer, holding up the Lombardi Trophy, uh, would would maybe catch your interest a little bit there, and that leads me to the next thing, and that is the Bucks are really in a great position to run it back, as the kids say. I mean, they are going to be able to largely sign whomever they want uh, in terms of the guys already on the team, and then perhaps maybe even adding to it. I mean, there is a thought, you know, as we sit here and talk today, J.J. Watt gets released. Uh, per his request from the Texans, would the Bucks go after him? I don't want him, but it would be interesting to see. The fact that we can have this conversation suggests the Bucks are in a good cap situation. You cover Jason Light and talk with Jason Light on a regular basis. Uh, let's go one by one. I mean, it, let's let's just talk about who's coming back, who's not. What are your What are your thoughts? Well, obviously, uh, the Bucks are being coy about who's going. Well. <laughs> Behind the behind the scenes, they're being coy. You know, we saw both Light and Arians and their Bud Light infused uh, joy scream that you're all coming back. And Arians goes up to Godwin, your bleep is coming back. You know, it's, right. it's easy to say that if you had a few beers in the Florida sun. But I think yesterday people started sobering up Shaq Barrett, like I'm coming back, and he had the day to sober up and talk to his agent, Oily Drew Rosenhaus, and all of a sudden he's. Uh, Slightly walking back from that statement that oh, I'd love to be back, but mm-hmm. you know, pay me, show me the money. Um, just looking at it on the surface, and I, I think there's going to be a player or two. It's going to be a painful departure uh, because they don't want to leave, and the Bucks don't want them to leave. But the salary cap is a salary cap. I'm not totally convinced Levani Davis coming back. I know the Bucks were wanting back. A couple of years ago, they almost had another uh, contract we worked for him. He is 31. It is a position of strength for the Bucks. You, If the salary cap does go down, and there's a lot of speculation it will, because, you know, the pandemic, the revenue wasn't what it was expected to be, of course. It's going to be a buyer's market for veterans. I don't know if Levani Davis will lock to come back. I hope he does. I'm one of his biggest fans, I've always said he's gotten screwed by his colleagues in the NFL never getting to a Pro Bowl outside at one time. Uh, but you know what? Devin White, since he uh, returned from the COVID list in the postseason, has played like a complete animal. I mean, Ray Lewis kind of play. Sideline to sideline, speed, strength. So, in my eyes, Shaq Barrett and Godwin are number one and number two. Maybe number one A, number two, or number one B. And guys, you have to keep. You must keep. I don't know. If you, I've never thought that Sue was coming back. Not saying he's not, but he may just retire. He finally got his ring. He's in his 30s. He's healthy. Um, I don't know about that. I, uh, Sue's pretty quiet and he stays to himself. So if anybody's guess what his plans are. But to me, one and one A, one A and one B, I should say, is Barrett. And and uh, Chris Godwin with Barrett, 
we've seen over the, the last decade how difficult it is to get a decent pass rush. The Bucks finally got one in Barrett. He was kind of a surprise. No one expected him to be a, a 10, much less 19-sack guy. I really don't think they want to let him loose. And Godwin's just getting in his prime. He's everything you want in a wide receiver. He's tough. He works his tail off. He's a good guy. No ego to speak of. He's everything you want in a football player, no matter the position. That would be really rough letting him go. However, I think he could be replaced a whole lot easier than Barrett. Barrett, I again, we just saw what the Bucks went through for 10 years where they couldn't breathe on the quarterback. So I'm not convinced that Barrett can be replaced. Godwin, probably. So in order, again, for us to take a closer look at this, you think Levante David could be a cap casualty. Uh, the Bucks have to get something done for Shaq Barrett in your eyes. Of course, they franchise tagged him this past year. They could do it again. Um, yeah. players don't like that, but he would get more money actually if they did it. And then secondly, and then finally Godwin. Yeah, I would prioritize Godwin as well. I do think the Bucks have some options at receiver. Uh, I guess that gets me to the next question, which would be, I certainly wouldn't pri- prioritize Antonio Brown in any way, but obviously Brady probably would. And he did play well. Uh, his civil suit has been moved until uh, December of 2021. Uh, what 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 do we think is the deal with uh, with him with Antonio Brown? Well, you know what he's been a model citizen. He really has. I mean, there's yeah. zero rumors about him doing anything. Obviously, Brady likes him. Brady targeted him a couple times in the in the Super Bowl. Obviously, um, he's cheaper than he'll be cheaper than Godwin for a couple of reasons. One of which is older. One of which is history, both on and off the field. Uh, so I, he would be cheaper if it's just a dollars and cents thing. It would probably—I I wouldn't be surprised if Brown's back. And here's a name that's very interesting, and I'm really not a big fan of this guy, only because uh, he's, if you're a head case, it's one thing. If you're brittle, that's another. When you're both, I—I I, don't—I don't care for you. But Jeff Darlington who has some in on Brady's camp. I don't know what that is. By the way, Jeff Darlington's a local guy, went to Seminole High School. Uh, he was buddies with the, the baseball team when it was a fictitious national championship with Cotchman and those guys with Bobby Wilson. Anyway, I remember when Jeff Darlington, roughly a year ago, was the very first person to throw out, you know, don't be shocked, don't dismiss it, if Brady goes to the Buccaneers. And at the time, it was ludicrous. And what happened a few months later? We're watching Tom Brady throw the Lombardi Trophy to Cam Brady on the Hillsborough River. So Darlington's got to end, and he threw out the name Odell Beckham last night. He threw it out there. I don't know if I'd touch that guy, because like you said, he's a head case and he's brittle. If you're a head case, that's one thing. We, you can work around that. If you're brittle, well, you, know, you can't bank on the guy. You can't get production from a guy that's not on the field. You combine the two? I don't know. But apparently Brady and Odell are tight. And we do know that Brady, what Tom Brady wants, seems like the Bucks make sure Tom Brady gets. So I just thought that was very interesting. Obviously, we're getting way ahead of ourselves here. But um, coming from Jeff Arlington, who, again, has good sources with inside Brady's camp, that's something that a guy to keep in the back of your head, a name to keep in your back. I'm not so sure if I'd want him. But, hey, you know, with all the benefits, 
you know, the Bucks are, are for a change. This is sort of football heaven. We just spoke about, you know, the boat parade. The Bucks are a loaded team. They have a coach that seems to be players like playing for him. He has assistants that are well-respected. Todd Bowles, I don't know about Brian Leftwich as far as how good of a coordinator he is. I don't expect uh, Arians to say, oh, I have a rotten offensive coordinator. You know, I have no idea how much input Leftwich has, but I don't hear anybody say, oh, I can't stand the guy. Anybody that plays for the Bucks, oh, I don't like him. I, you hear all these coaches that has a, they have a lot of respect for them. The players have a lot of respect for them. And so you combine that with the coaches, you know, obviously the players coach, great weather, you got Tom Brady, you know, the coach, you got a loaded team, a winning team. So, you know, this is going to be an attractive job for a lot of veterans. A lot of veterans may be ring chasing, you know, especially if they get cut with the salary cap maybe going down. There's going to be, it's going to be a buyer's market. So this is going to be very interesting, not with, not just for Odell Beckham, but other players. And you mentioned earlier J.J. Watt. I agree with you. Uh, I agree with you, Jeff. I'm not a J.J. Watt guy. At one time, he was an absolute elite player. Yes, he was. Not so anymore. And only twice since 2015 has he played more than eight games in a season. I think it's fair to say that J.J. Watt's on fumes when it comes to his career. So I'd stay away from him unless... You know, he wants to come in dirt cheap and be a part-time player. That's, that's a different animal. Great great character guy. Great guy to have in the locker room, but I don't know if the Bucks should, should uh, uh, go jock chasing for him. $30 million or thereabouts, they're going to get a discount because Rob Gronkowski is going to come back for probably very little, it would seem to me. He, he, I think so. He yeah. wants to make a go of it. Um, you know, to me, by the way, I wouldn't pay the running backs. Uh, I, I, I never do. I don't pay running backs. So if, I agree. Uh, so if you know, Leonard Fournette or if, 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 you know, Rojo or whomever wants to take it on down the road and get better deals, I'd let them do it and, um, and you know, figure out, figure out what we're doing. Uh, but I, I, I think you absolutely have to keep Shaq Barrett. Uh, I would like to keep Levante David, but I agree with you. I would prioritize Godwin over David. Uh, I will be very interested to see who else uh, beyond uh, some of the names we're hearing initially here uh, in free agency would be you know be interested in this job because I think you're exactly right. People can chase a ring and they can do it here because of two reasons: the lo- roster is loaded and Tom Brady will keep them honest. So if you do have some marginal guys, we've seen that Tom Brady not only influences how people prepare but also how people behave on a roster. So you, you could take a chance on a couple of guys. I'm not saying I would because you got to be careful playing that game, but mm-hmm. you, you, you could do it. Um, it is, it is a weird time for us to be talking about a reigning Super Bowl champion that has money to spend. And a lot of that same talent all coming back. There's really no reason to believe that the bucks won't be the team that wins the division. Cause keep in mind, we did not this year. So you want to go ahead and scratch that off the list as well unseat the saints who are in salary cap hell i might add uh mm-hmm. and then and then go from there uh and try to defend your title uh i know that when we started talking a number of years ago lee uh you know we certainly dreamt of this moment i don't know that we thought we would get there because it is the buccaneers after all but uh <laughs> <laughs> but but here we are and we'll have to keep constant uh uh, and keep co- keep in constant contact in order to kind of talk about the upcoming draft as well. Do you have any idea which direction? Uh, take a cursory glance at that. Uh, the Bucks want to go in with the draft, given that they have, and this is fun to say, the 32nd pick of the first round? 
yeah, I really don't know where they would, would go to me. I don't know about quarterback, but uh, um, and that's not going to happen. Arians said he will not draft a quarterback. So and even though I think this is a perfect, perfect time to get your Why quarterback would you not draft the quarterback? Yeah, know. yeah. Why would you not? I mean, I'm not saying you should. I mean, there may be a better player available there, but if like, let's say Mac Jones is there, why, why would you not? You took the words out of my mouth. I love Mac Jones. I think this would be perfect with all the coaches they have. You know, yes. Aaron Zombersley is a quarterback whisperer. Uh, Tom Moore, one of the best quarterback guys for decades. Tom Brady, you can't tell me a young quarterback just by observing would learn how to, to perfect his craft by watching Brady, just by observing. You can't tell me he wouldn't learn from that. But Arians, in a macro sense, I get what Arians is saying. I don't want to draft a quarterback and develop him, and before he's ready to go, he has to learn a new offense. Well, you know, I'll take that chance if the guy's going to learn from Tom Brady. Honest to goodness, really. Uh, but, uh, yeah, well, I put this out on Twitter. I think it was, it was either Sunday night or Monday morning. They both ran together for me because I was working until 6.30 in the morning. Finally got to bed at 6.30 in the morning Monday, and I was happy as heck. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. I, <laughs> I put this out on Twitter. With the 32nd pick in the draft, who the hell gives a bleep? <laughs> a Super Bowl buys that, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> a Super Bowl buys the, ah, uh, whatever, do what you want to do. All's forgiven. <laughs> All's forgiven. You can draft anybody you want. Actually, Jason Light has built up enough credibility. When you grab a guy from Hobart, uh, in the third round, and he ends up having that kind of a dominating performance in the Super Bowl. And, you know, we can go through the draft picks and the things that he's engineered. He's had some whiffs, every GM does, but he's gotten it right an awful lot. Tristan Wirfs worked out of all the tackles that were available in last year's draft. He got the right one. So he's on a roll right now. He's absolutely, in the last three years, if you look at it, the Vita Vea draft, they got, I think, four starters, five yep, yep. out of that draft. And here's a real quick one. Um, you know, we're talking about, uh, you know, Hobart College and Allie Marpet. And then there's uh, Alex Kappa, who was really good until he got hurt. Yeah. And he came from a from a college that since has disbanded their football program. Yeah. No, he, no, he <laughs> and, really oh, by the way, the skinny guy, you hear his name? Sunday night? And, you know, on top of that, you know, that was, you know he, did such, he did such good job skinny. So let's think about this. Frank Clark was a weapon for the Chiefs, no doubt about it, on the inside. And if there was a mismatch between the Chiefs' defense and the Bucks' offense, it was Frank Clark against Stinney. Yeah. Yet, where did the Bucks run? Right side. Oh, yeah. No, they absolutely had uh, the offensive line play week 10 on. And it was good Dominant. most of the year in pass protection anyhow. But week 10 mm -hmm. on, the Bucks' offensive line arguably was the best in football. Certainly, from a pass protection standpoint, they absolutely were the best in football. You really saw a team gel come together. They worked out the kinks. And, you know, I am proud of the fact that you and me and Tom, we had constant dialogue throughout the course of the year on the Scuttlebucks. And one of the things that we talked about a lot in, in, in a variety of ways was it's a race against time. They're experimenting with some things here by adding this and taking this away and kind of figuring out elements of what Arians wants this offense to look like elements of what Brady wants, uh, you know, having a, a, a safety valve, an outlet pass to the backs out of the backfield. Clearly, we saw more motion as well after week 10. A lot of play action. 
we 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 ran less on first down and threw more after week 10. So this was a work in progress. It was always a race against time. Well, they won the race. They won the race. They got it together at just the right time and entered the playoffs as a well-oiled machine and played better with each passing game. And really different facets of that team were showcased in these wins. You know, sometimes it was Brady making smart decisions, being uber-prepared and attention to detail. Other times it was a dominant, dominant defense, overwhelming offensive lines and getting after the passer. Other times it was a secondary that we questioned, playing great in big moments, making plays, uh, forcing turnovers, creating opportunities, the special teams play. I mean, we finally had a kicker that you could set it and forget it. Suckup came out and made big kick after big kick after big kick. You know, all of these things came into being at the right time and so when a confluence of events happen and and they all culminate in victory like this it, it it's i mean i can i can't imagine it being uh any more satisfactory obviously for me than it is obviously those that put it together and played in the games but collectively as buccaneers fans and those that have covered and cared about the franchise for forever um it's just hard to believe that that vision played out Perfectly. It happened. It never it happens for us. It happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you brought up a, a name that I completely and totally forgot. And he might be, you know, like I, I said earlier, uh, Shaq Barrett would be uh, 1A as far as a priority. 1B would be Godwin. Number two might be Ryan Suckup. Given the recent history, you know, I'm saying, you know, recent, yeah. I guess six to eight years, the awful awful swinging door of uh, a, a rotating door, revolving door of kickers and garbage kickers, all of them. Uh, and then he finally gets stuck up who was as dependable as they can be. Do you, do you really want to let that guy out the door? I would. No, I'd pay him. I, I, we haven't had a kicker we can rely on him forever. I mean, I, I yeah. would pay him. And the last time we let a kicker go because we didn't want to pay him, he continued to be the best kicker in football for like another eight years. Yeah, Matt Bryant. Yes, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so I wouldn't do that. Hey, brother, enjoy it. We'll talk soon. Be well. All right, have a good one, guys. Thanks again, as always. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's been fun. It's been fun. I mean, that's a, obviously myriad topics. We're kind of meandering today on the Scuttlebucks, but it is in celebratory fashion, uh, and there's a lot to hit on. I, I by the way, Tom, I want your thoughts here. I, I'm not bringing in Odell Beckham. Uh, and I'm not re-signing Antonio Brown. Admittedly, if you can get Antonio Brown for next to nothing and Brady's presence ensures that he stays on the straight and narrow, all right, well, maybe. Well, I think, okay, so starting from the top, you go uh, Godwin, Barrett, and I'm I'm not ordering them. Yeah. Uh, one of those two gets the franchise tag. Yeah. If you can cut a deal for both of them, then you give Levante David the franchise tag. I think that's how you make it work. So here's, I I love that you bring this up. You just tagged Shaq Barrett. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tag Godwin. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. pay Barrett, and I'm going to hope I have something for Levante. Right. Well, but this is also the thing to consider. And and when Lee says buyer's market, he's absolutely right. So these guys are going to hit the free agency uh, lotto, they think. But the market's going to go down. Yeah. The average asking price, it's like Jameis last year. He, he hit absolutely. the market at the wrong, wrong, wrong time. Year. Well, and once guys started getting picked up at those big dollar amounts. So, but this is a phenomenon that I can use for my hockey knowledge that, that br- bring it to the NFL. The cap in hockey is going way down. 
or it stayed stagnant. And so what are guys doing who are exiting their entry-level deals, which would be your rookie deal in football? Right. They're taking a bridge deal. They're taking a two- or three-year deal at a lower amount so that they can cash in in two seasons or three yeah. seasons. So I think what's going to happen is— We might is, get a bridge deal somewhere in here. Well, and you might have to take the risk and let a guy hit the open market and see that, oh, wait a minute. And just call, tell him, let us have the final offer if you want to go see— Go see, but let us have a chance to respond to the final offer because the market might bear a lot less than these guys are, are, are you know, thinking it's going to. Now, the one exception would be, because I think for Godwin that might be the case, the one exception would be for Barrett. This year, given how little holding was called, yeah, quarterback pressures is a more important stat than ever. It's and he more, had a ton of them, yeah. He was among the top three or five. Yeah, we got really frustrated because they weren't resulting in sacks per se. But given those circumstances, it's a good point. And and that's something that league uh, executives are saying to the NFL in general and the officials this year. Uh, This has been a a talking point. I read this in Peter King's piece that they're saying, all right, you don't want to call holding because you want more offense and a more exciting product and better TV. That's fine. But you need to let us know if that's the standard moving forward. Yeah, because we've got to pay people. We're not going to spend as much on defense if that's what you're going to do. Not on a defensive end, right. Not on an exclusive pass rusher, right. Yes, because his ability to get home has been uh, devalued, yes. But that's why, again, you're looking at pressures this year. If you're not going to call freaking holding, then I'm looking at pressures because that gives me an idea of how many battles you're winning. Yeah, it'll be curious. It is interesting that his production went way up, JPP's as well. When Vita's in there, Vita Mm -hmm. is the key to all of this. Yes, so and and I think a couple other things. It's really simple, actually. I think it's really simple this off season. You look for your restructures and extensions, right? So, uh, a side note, probably a larger topic, but Bruce says year to year, you know, in terms of his own uh, status in his career. Next year's his last, probably. But okay, does that mean that Brady won't sign for another year after that? It depends on who gets the job. What if Todd Bowles gets the job? Well, that's what I'm saying, because I would try to extend Brady right now and lower the dollar amount, and I'd try and backload that deal to get the cap hit as low as as possible. Like, you know, yeah. you don't want Brady entering a contract here because, hey, hang on a minute. He looks pretty good. Yeah. Let's make sure we have Tom Brady locked up for three or four years rather than just one more season. I and have then, a— uh, If he wants to retire, he can retire. I, I am curious, and I, would, I think this is the kind of thing, and this is a credit to him, that Bruce Arians would do. Given how long the season went for the Bucks, meaning they were the last one standing, you know, Todd Bowles may not have gotten an opportunity because he's in the midst of coaching the Bucks in that situation to go and interview and do those things that we do know that he was inquired about. What if what if you Bruce Arians who have who have really you have carried the torch to try to make sure that there is equal opportunity for minority coaches and women? What if you were to say to Todd Bowles? I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Let me go one more here. Yeah. I love that idea, by the way. I wouldn't put it past him. That sounds very I, much like something Sounds Bruce like would something do. he would do, and I but, think that's a great idea, too, because we don't want to lose Todd Bowles. I, I think the transfer of power, the line of succession, whatever you you know, you know want to use, mm-hmm. I think if Brady extends, I, I think that it's already been determined who the ne- next head coach is going to be. So because then you he, would know, yeah. Right. But he needs to they need to do that because you want his number to come down to get you more. Every dollar counts this offseason. You would need uh, Mike Evans to, you know, be true to his word. You need Gronk to come back on a discount. He's if, going to. If Sue's gonna come back, he needs to come back at the veteran minimum and wear a TB twelve shirt and a magazine ad <laughs> and get his money that way. <laughs> and then you gotta talk to Cam Brate. Cam, 
We need you to restructure, my man. You're going to have to give some money back. Uh, if you don't, you're getting traded. Cam's gone in that scenario because you got O.J. Howard coming back. And if you trust that he's going to make a full recovery, your tight ends are going to be Gronk and O.J. Howard. Right. But whoever the last, you know, the person uh, standing on the outside is, right, musical chairs mm-hmm. and, and they don't get the seat, that's your first-round pick. It's really simple. Yeah. So if Levante's not back, you need a linebacker. If uh, Shaq is back but not JPP, you need an edge rusher. If it's... Um, well, you're probably going to need a running back, too. I mean, we've talked about that. If Godwin doesn't come back, and, and let's say you do sign Antonio Brown for 50% of what you could have gotten Godwin for, you still need a receiver. Tyler Johnson's nice, but, you know, if there's somebody... And I think Tyler Johnson's going to continue to emerge. That's why I'm not so worried if you lose Godwin. I like Godwin a lot, but I do think Tyler Johnson's trajectory is a good one. Yep. So, and you got Scotty Miller... He can play the role of Antonio Brown if you have to. If you get everybody back at a discount, oh, then Lord. you need defensive interior. You really could use a guy because oh, well, that's Indomitian. Always. Well, always, but I mean, yeah. yes, if Indomitian's not coming back, you know, then even if he is, you really could fortify that. A family-owned and operated dealership truly matters when you're buying a truck or a car, and that's what you get at Bill Curry Ford, Tampa's first family of Ford on Dale Mabry Highway. Much more than just amazing prices and a nationwide lifetime warranty on new and used vehicles. Hey, hey, they got more than that. Sean Sullivan has a personal touch. He'll reach out to you if you reach out to him. Go to BillCurryFord.com. You'll find his email there. Say, hey, I'm interested in a new truck or SUV from our friends at Ford. He'll say, oh, how can I help you? He'll maybe even talk about the Bucks and the Scuttlebucks. you get a discount if you do it. Make sure you do it. Go to BillCurryFord.com and uh, celebrate that championship. Celebrate that championship. Sean will get back to you. He, he wants to celebrate this championship, I'm sure. We'll come back, wrap it up momentarily. Shopping for a used F-150, a car, or an SUV? Find Tampa's biggest and best used inventory at Bill Curry Ford, one mile north of Raymond James Stadium. Shop now at BillCurryFord.com and see the nationwide lifetime warranty on pre-owned vehicles. Now, here's Jeff Cameron and Tom Lang. We've gone long. We've enjoyed going long here. Let's do this. Let's have a little fun with it as we sign off. Certainly hope to be back to uh, document the new reigning champion edition of the Scuttlebucks going into next season. It's a lot of fun. But as we sign off for this year, we want to thank you guys, all of you who have subscribed to this podcast, have uh, commented uh, on this podcast, good, bad, or otherwise, and uh, those that have shared it uh, with people so that it could grow. Uh, we enjoy doing it. We we hope to continue doing it next year and, and having fun with it. We'll try to get better and better along the way. But, uh, listen, the fan in me just says, how about those bucks, man? It's unbelievable we get to share and celebrate this together. So, uh, you know, I, I know I'm speaking for Tom as well. He can... Well, I can tell you that uh, road trips, home games next year, looking like uh, where the vaccine schedule is, the announcements of this week that uh, April will begin the open season, maybe by midsummer, things are looking good. That certainly lines up with, oh, I don't know, second weekend of September when the games kick off for real. And that'll be a Thursday night game to start the NFL season on NBC. It'll be our Bucks kicking off the year with a banner ceremony. Dude, it's going to be a place to be in Tampa this fall. 
do yourself a favor. Get a Friday or Saturday night lightning game. Go see the Bucks on Sunday. That place is going to be electric all fall long. Yeah, fantastic. Just a fantastic year. And Tampa will get to reap the benefits that they didn't get to reap this year. It makes me sad that Tampa St. Pete did not get to monetize this the way that they would have, given the fact that the Lightning won the World Championship, Stanley Cup, obviously, that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did win the World Championship Lombardi Trophy, and that the Rays got to the World Series. This would have been an opportunity for that city, uh, and really both cities, to, to just make a ton of money. And it just breaks my heart because I love both areas immensely, have lived in both, care about both. It is uh, where we grew up. And so... Uh, hopefully the remnants of these championships and championship runs allow for that uh, that area to, to, to gain a much-needed boost in, uh, in funds. It could year. be a bright and sunshiny day if and when Brady gets extended. Because if he does, because his arm looks healthy, his oh, arm looks young. Look great. He looks like he's got another two, three years, not one more season left in that arm. So. A laser to Gronk on the where he breaks off the route on the mm, fly. Second touchdown. Yeah. So, I mean that. Go watch that throw again. It's it's a laser. It's on him now. I'm just talking about velocity. Like, yeah. Oh, that's there still. That's yeah. You mentioned Worfs at the very very beginning of the program. Mm. According to Pro Football Focus, who has weird grades, they do they do some things wrong. They said we had 38 pressures. Other places are like we had 20. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but Tristan Worfs graded out amongst the top five players at any position in the last handful of Super Bowls. Tristan Worfs did. Wow. Well, go back to the first game this year that we lost to the Saints and how well he played in his debut. I mean, we they're go, he, he's going up against an elite defender, an elite defense as a whole, and we're wondering how it's going to match up. And he doesn't give up anything. And you're right off the bat going, oh, okay, this translates. Also, I'd be remiss. I did it on the show. But uh, now 15 years that Drew Brees and Sean Payton spent together <laughs> yielded one Super Bowl. And in exactly one season of Arians and Tom Brady, the Buccaneers have equaled the amount of Super Bowls that 15 years of having the smartest offensive mind and one of the great quarterbacks ever yielded. We are on equal footing. We now have more Super Bowls as a franchise than the rest of our division combined. Tragic for the rest of them, Tom. Very tragic. I know they can lament all of that. You'll be here to remind them. In every edition of the Scuttlebucks. 15 cracks at it, guys. I mean, come on. Got to do better. The preeminent mind. Mm, Just didn't work out for you. Well, that said, let's have some fun. Before we kind of sign off with the overall montage, I would like you to play a clip of Gene (laughs) making Dave Moore laugh and me laugh and hopefully you guys laugh. Here you go. There will be no repeat. The kingdom will go home sad. And the Buccaneer Nation will celebrate. And I want to hear cannons. We do. do I want to hear cannons. For sure. And I think we are going to hear cannons if I got to do the boom, boom, boom myself. Bucks win. Bucks win. Bucks win the Super Bowl 55. Tom Brady engineers the offense. The Buccaneers score late in the first half, early in the second half. And there the cannons the go. Cannons. Fire them. Keep yeah. on firing them. Keep on firing them. How about the Buccaneers, huh? <laughs> It's great. It's great. Uh, we'll leave you with a montage uh, to celebrate with. Uh, thanks again so much for listening, all of you. And uh, I would invite you to also listen to the Jeff Cameron Show weekdays, Monday through Friday, 3 to 6 p.m. right here on 97.9 ESPN Radio in Tallahassee. 4. Yeah, check out this last week's worth of podcast because, uh, spoiler alert, there's a lot of Bucks talk, especially early in the week. Yeah, a lot of fun. We have fun on the show. So if you uh, want to tune in. I'd invite you to do that as well. Uh, Tom Lang, thanks, brother. A lot of fun. Hey, good night, champion. Yeah, good night, champion. And we'll do it again. Uh, You and I will have another conversation uh, on the show tomorrow. 
But uh, as far as the Scuttlebucks uh, goes, that's a wrap until we launch again next year. And on that note, go Bucks! Here's the snap out of the gun. Play action fake pass to Gronkowski. He's going to score a touchdown. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Holy Gronkaboli. He breaks the record. He's got his 23rd touchdown in the postseason from Tom Brady. Here's the snap. Play action fake. Brady looking, Brady looking, looking, looking. Throws toward the end zone. Caught ball. Touchdown, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Rob Gronkowski's got two today. The snap run the ball to the right. Got a blind boy to the 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Leonard Fournette takes it to the house. And the Bucks lead 27 to 9. To the 11 yard line. There's the snap. Mahomes running to his right. Look out. He may run. Mahomes directed. No score the end zone. Battle intercepted. Picked off of the end zone. Bucks are going to beat the Chiefs. We're the champions of the world. And we still have a minute 33 to go. Devin White. That's it for KC. Bucks are the Super Bowl champs. 